Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. This is what I sense the Lord saying to us now. That this is a time. This is a time for you to turn your heart towards the Father like you've never done before. Already you've heard that he, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't stand back, but enter in. This is a special time for each one of you here who's been going through all sorts of funny things and all sorts of things been happening in your life. But now's the time to come. Peace be still, says the Lord. Peace be still. In my stillness, you will hear my voice and understand my voice. In that stillness, my love will penetrate every bit of darkness, everything that is out there, and He will give you strength. The Lord reminds you again that He has given you of His mighty, awesome Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will help you and guide you and fill you to overflowing. He's on you. He's in you. He's around you. He wraps you with songs of deliverance. And when you see the songs of deliverance, the Lord says, see my angels, see my forces around you all the time, protecting you, taking care of you, pouring my love out upon you. Now take hold of that right now. Take hold of that right now and believe in me, says the Lord. After all, I am the way, the truth and the life. Don't stand back, but enter in. Don't hold back, but enter in. Take hold of it. Be strong, courageous, and firm as you walk in and take what He has for you. And not in any selfish way, says the Lord, but in my way, because you cannot do it in your own strength. You need me. I am there for you. I sent my son for you. My son has pointed the way for you. He's shown you my heart. Now go and have my heart. In stillness, there will be Mighty things happening in your heart. That, I believe, is where the revival is starting right now. Could I have a mighty amen there? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Now, that could be dangerous as me walking around. Hey, it's so good to be here this morning. Amen. Thank you. Yes, I receive that. I've got to now discipline myself to look at... The one there. Can you stick it on the little doofus is on? Eh? To start off with, I'm going to ask Anne to come and read the scripture. Now you've heard various portions of the scripture, and I took this from the uh, Passion Translation, and I said just ask Anne to come and just to read it because that's the foundation of this. <clears throat> Of this morning. This is a scripture that's the foundation of why we've met here this morning. And I would just like Anne to, to uh, go for it. <laughs> morning, church. We all know this story so well. But before I read, I want to draw your attention to two things about the Father that would have been totally shocking to the original hearers. Remember, this is a context of Middle Eastern society. The first thing is that the father granted his son his request. He gave him free will. He allowed him to do what he asked. And the second thing is, you know, you imagine your 
middle-aged. In fact, he would have been elderly because he has grown-up sons. The elderly Middle Eastern man in his robes with his scarf over his head and sandals on his feet. He ran. They didn't do that. So it's a shocking story. There are lots of other things in the story that are shocking too. But let's focus today on how the father's behavior would have shocked the original audience. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called over one of the servants and asked, what's going on? The servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you here, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? And I've never once disobeyed you. But you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. 
Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living, and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him? The father said, my son, you're always with me by my side. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. Amen. This, Anne, can you just pray over that word, please? Don't let you go off that easy. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the picture that this story gives us Amen. of the totally unconditional love that you have for us. The love that overlooks, that looks beyond whatever we have done. And that when we, when we come back to you, we see you searching for us. The father never stopped looking for the son. The son didn't know until he got home that the father had been looking for him. And Lord, we pray for all those sons out there who don't know that you're looking for them. And all those daughters who are feeling lost and are feeling unworthy and are feeling that they can never again be called your son or your daughter. Amen. Because it's, it's not true. You, you love them. And Lord, we pray just as Jesus showed this to an audience 2,000 years ago through a story, a very visible story of a real father and real sons that we will go out into the community and show this love that you have for everybody through our lives. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you. Just give it yeah. Thank you, Anne. Uh, that was my number one wife. Amen. And I love her so much. And uh, I just felt... Uh, the reason I probably said that before, that if I had to read that, uh, may I say the spontaneity of a word or something jumps and then I go off on a tangent. So this is to protect you as well, so I get what I need to say over, I hope. <laughs> so I'm trusting the Holy Spirit and he will, he will take us where he wants to go anyway. Who's Bill Brain? Just a little servant, just a little lighty. Now let me see if I can find my notes. Very quiet in this house this morning. What a presence here. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm really trying to hear where the Holy Spirit will take us next. And, um, you know, you prepare stuff. That's cool. We've got to all be prepared. But where is the Lord taking us next is always the million-dollar question. I've got a couple of things I want to show you. I've got a principle that I want to put over into your laps this morning. And I trust by the end of this meeting you will have grasped something and you would have grasped the importance of your Father in heaven and the importance of Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And we see when Jesus came, his main ministry was to reveal the Father's heart. That's what it was there for. And I'll, I'll mention a couple of things about that as we go through. 
But there is a, a principle here that I, I trusting the Lord, that I'll be able to put it over correctly that you will see what you need to do to sort this relationship out with Him. After all, it's intimacy with our Father. And I'm very conscious, and I've been wrestling. I mean, there's so much you can say. There's so much you can give. This whole story, I mean, that Jesus gave us, it's just not the story of the prodigal son. It should be the story of the loving Father. And that's the story of the New Testament. That's the story of Jesus Christ, why He came, is to reveal the, the love that the Father had towards us. Behold, remember that song we used to sing, Rob, behold, how I can know the mirror, but I can't remember the words now. It's in my hard drive somewhere. And, um, yeah, let me just take you to a quick test of me here. Yeah? Aha, uh-huh, wrong way. Try the other way. Other way. I've got it the point at the right way. Ah. So you've got to just be patient with me. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of you might remember this couple, Paul and Charmaine. Uh, Stuart Story has their surname. And they came through our church three and a half years ago. And they were ministered by the congregation, Trevor will remember. And they were, they were down and out. I was trying to get them here this morning, but they had tremendous trouble trying to get, they got two little kids and, and what a, what lovely little daughters, that little one that, that Charmaine is holding. I said, can I steal her? She was such, she is so gorgeous. But, but when you go into a situation, you know, so many times we go out and we minister to people and we think, ah, oh, nothing has happened and nothing has happened and nothing has happened. You don't believe those stories. You know, there's such a strong anointing in your life. You don't know what is rubbing off on other people. Here is a family that has been made whole through the Father heart of God. That's how I see it. Amen? And we all had, to, had a part to play. You don't know how many others, how many others are, go, are going to be touched by you and everything. And I think this is why the, father, the teaching on the Father heart of God and what He has, and He wants to touch your heart so you'll be overflowing to others. It's not a selfish thing. It's not a selfish thing. And I see so many Christians that go along, well, here's another remedy for my problems. It's not a remedy for your problems. It's a relationship. It's intimacy with your Father in heaven. Is not one of those things that you go and buy off the shelf and say, oh, well, I'm going to do this. This, you can't, you, you can't put into words. It's a relationship is something you've got to work at. And I think this is what the Holy Spirit's been saying. <coughs> Pardon me. We need to enter. We need to push in. How serious are you this morning about finding the heart of God? You might have come in here. You might, you might not have any, made any decision for the Lord or anything like that. Or you might be a Christian who still got all the, all the stuff that's upon you. Well, I really believe that the, the challenge this morning is that we get rid of it so we can become that vessel that He wants us to be. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I receive that amen because that is so true. I believe my personal conviction that what we're talking about here now is one of the most important uh, subjects that you and I need to get to grips with. Most important in your life. Because it's not about the Bible. We can throw the Bible away. And I mean that just to, as an illustration. 
you know, I had my throwing Bible. I did that one day and it went, one of the ladies never forgot that. So I don't want to throw this one. It's a new Bible. But, but you get the message. It's, it's not about that. It's about this relationship and pushing in. You know, it's like, uh, and I've said it from this pulpit before, when I was in Kenya and I said to the guys, you don't have to pray, you don't have to do this, and everybody's eyes were like that. And I said, no, all you've got to do is sit in your father's lap and listen to him. Let him guide you into your prayer life. Let him guide you into the word. Let him guide you into church. Let him guide you into your ministry. Let him guide you into prayer and fasting. And I see so many of us so caught up in this religiosity. And I trust that the next slide will be able to bring this out and show you where these things come from sometimes. And it's here where we need to deal with it. But when we say deal with it there, it's your relationship. It's spirit to spirit. It's heart to heart with our Father. Heart to heart. He's pouring out. He's giving you the answers. Now enter in. He says, all you have to do is believe. Remember when the disciples came up to Jesus and said, hey, what, is, what must we do to internal... Uh, no, no, that wasn't the right other way. But, you know, uh, how did it go again? Hard drive, come on. But he, he, they asked him a question about the Lord or something, and he said, only believe. Oh, what must we do to have faith? Was it something like that? But what I'm trying to say is, he said to them, only believe. And the word to you this morning is, only believe and enter in and push in and be determined to touch his heart. Now you've heard me say from the pulpit before many, many, many times the last 14 years I've pushed in and pushed in and pushed in. The most dynamic part of my life the last year has been awesome. I, I, I sit there like preparing for this and I have all these thoughts and I know dad is excited as I am and we get it, dad, what about that? What about this? We, you know, we argue and I, I had something like, I think it was 24 slides for this meeting this, uh, this morning. And I said, which ones do I take out? Which ones do I keep? So by faith, I've put, it, put these together because it's about him. He wants to put something into our hearts. He's continually wanting to put stuff into my heart because he knows how much I need him. Our confession, again, I've said it so many times, and I'm offloading this to you as well because some of you know my testimony. I'm offloading this as well. You've got to lean upon him. You've got to push in. Does that mean to say I don't have tough times? Let me tell you, they come. But it's not the tough times I'm looking at. It's at the answer I'm looking at. Because I know if I have a relationship with him, he's the one who's going to strengthen me. He's the one who's going to take me through the valley. Thank you. You've been there. Whether at the top or the bottom or wherever, he's there to help you and to take you through. He wraps you in songs of deliverance. What songs of deliverance? We sang this morning. The angels were singing here. The angels sing around you every day. There is a flow in the supernatural that we haven't even touched yet. There's a flow in the supernatural that you and I need to enter in. But we can only enter in with a right spirit. When it's not about us, it's all about Him. He wants to touch the nations. He's called you and I to get out that door and to do something about it. And you know, the Lord challenged me last year, going into this year. I sort of thought, ah, well, I'll just take a bit of a back seat. He said, hey, corner. Mm-mm. No, 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 my son. Come, I've got work for you. And if, he, if I've got to do everything he says I've got to do, say, Lord, yo, you need to get me fit. You need to get me in the place. And he's done that. Sorry, now I'm getting off the subject a bit. Let me get on to this next one. Now, here we look at the sins of the fathers. Now, I've brought this in. To illustrate a point, uh, uh, this is part of my prophetic course that I used to do, or do still do now and again, and to show people 
where these things come from sometimes. Sorry, that red. I shouldn't have put red. I always try and get colors that will stand out on the thing, but it doesn't look so cool there. But you have David. It's all about David here we're talking about. So you can put yourself in David's position there. And this is Old Testament, so don't throw stones at me. And uh, David's ancestors were a bunch of crooks, man. And they got into all sexual sins and all sorts of things. And these were the people in Israel. These are the people, the Israelites and all that sort of thing. Now, I'm not going into that, but to show you the sexual sins that they got involved with. Then we come to, to David. Now, it'd be nice if they could have stacked them like this, but there's not enough room on the slide to do that. But you can see it that way. Then on David there, there the scriptures are there. See first Kings. I'll be using this tomorrow night as well. So those who are coming tomorrow night, I might expound a bit more on this one. Now David, and we see that in the first case, he had success, he had victories, he had conquest, favor with God. Wow, look at the Psalms, look at what he wrote. My, did he have a relationship with the Lord. What happened? Naughty boy. Looked over the wall, and we know that whole story. Eh? He committed adultery, and not only adultery, but he committed murder. So he could go and have sex with that lady. Bottom line. Okay? And then we see it's coming from David's ancestors. Herod comes to David. Now down line from David, what do we have? If you go into First and Second Samuel, you'll see adultery again. So it's not a strange thing that has cropped up. If you hear what I'm saying. It, it, it's in the line. And it's in the line. And I believe the Father wants us to deal with these issues as well. Because so many of us still... Anyway, let me not go there now. There was deception, conspiracy, and murder resulting in a curse. David and descendants reap what he sowed. Okay? Now, why did I put that in? Lord, help me. (laughs) I put that in to demonstrate... Just let me have some water. How these sins... Now, look. We are Grace Church. We are Grace Church. And this morning, I put on my grace glasses to look at this through grace uh, glasses. What did they put in the water? And and so, you know, we've got to continually realize what we've got to look through the glasses of grace. This is Old Testament. Jesus Christ came and he died for us and he shed his blood for us. We celebrated that this morning. All of us went forward and celebrated that. And all that has been dealt with. So all the sin question has been dealt with. And your spirit is alive to God. And I think you'll agree with me that some of the grace people you've seen around are not very graceful. Okay? It's because in the middle, like David, the pressure of those around, the pressure of people here, the pressure of the world and all it can do to us, we allow it to come in. I said in the beginning, and the prophetic word that came out, it just, you know, it's in quietness that you will hear his voice. It's in quietness that you will find the answers. I was speaking to somebody this morning, and they're saying to me, they said to me, the Lord knows where I live, and he has my telephone number. And you don't have to run to a prophet. That's nice to have a prophetic word and all that sort of thing. You don't have to continue to run to a prophet. You run to your father. And if he feels you need something, he will send it to you. But then, then we come, how selfish are we so many times? And please, uh, 
hear my heart when I'm saying, I really want to speak to you as a father this morning, if I may. You know, we come running in because what we want. It's all about me. When last did you give a prophetic word to somebody? Oh, I need healing in my back. When last did you go and pray for somebody for healing? You hear where I'm going? The gifts are there. The gifts are there. All the time. We know about it. We're supposed to be a charismatic church, Nochal, you know. We, we flow in the spirit and we have all these things. Come on, guys. We need to find the reality. You know, when I look at that, when I look at David, David was affected by the religiosity as well, but he was determined to find the Father's heart. He knew the Father's heart through all the stuff that happened. Sure, he made a mistake. Come on. Who has not made a mistake? Yeah, come here, I'll get the demon of lying and cheating out of you quickly. Quickly. Come on. We humans, we, we, we make mistakes every single day. But we have a father. Would we become that little child and that little girl and we walk with him and know him and understand him? It's a different question. So the pressures that are out there, this is, this is what I wanted to put over to you. It's through his father's heart, through knowing him, he will give you the ability. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the knowledge and he will give you the understanding and everything you need to deal with the situation you're going through. If you're going everywhere else except him, I'll give it to you in writing. It's not going to get anywhere. Round the mountain we go. Ring a ring a rosies. Remember the ring a ring a rosies? Those who remember that? All it is going round the mountain. Who wants to go around the mountain again? Put your hand up. No hands going up. We don't want to. But I, I really believe this is, this is a revelation you need to take. This is a revelation that needs to be caught. Uh, I can tell you about it, but it's up to you to make the decision and to push in. Huh? Our approach to the Father's heart. Firstly, firstly, I got that one. Yes. I, I, the guys that are coming on Monday, these are slides I used last week, one or two of them, but there's some other ones I'll be using tomorrow as well. Uh, intimacy with Dad, Abba. The word Abba, we heard, Abba Father. In Matthew and, and in Romans and Galatians, Abba Father, Daddy, Dad. You know, it, it, it just speaks, it's only a little child that can call him Daddy. Eh? I've, I've used this before a couple of years ago here. Jesus probably used Abba for God not only in Mark 14, 36, but also whenever the Greek word pater occurs, which is paternal and all that. It denotes childlike intimacy and trust, not disrespect. Some people have a hassle saying dad to their father in heaven. And I think that's just being religious. Myself. That's my personal thing. You can hoi bricks. But really, it's not disrespect. It's honoring. You know, when you're at home, when you're sitting at the table and your father is there and you call him daddy, it's not disrespect. I heard we had this memorial service uh, of, of Nigel and I just heard and I saw a father again who who had this sort of thing happening. They called him dad and grandpa. and also, It was not a sign of disrespect. They highly respected that man because of his stance that he made for the Lord. And because of that stance, it affected everybody in that family. This place was packed out. Uh, it was wall-to-wall people here. Here we'll be going with that. And God is able to, to sort that out. Romans 8.15, we'll look at just now. Galatians 4, 
is echoing the common prayer, probably the opening of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. Daddy who is in heaven. Change your thinking. You know, I, I, I find that my thinking is changed all the time. Every time I touch his heart, every day I touch his heart, I sense my thinking changing. I sense a challenge to change the way I do things. And I sense a challenge to love Anne even more, my kids even more, my friends even more. Amen? Amen. Expresses a new relationship with the Father. This is what you need to grasp this morning. A new relationship. Oh, well, I've given my heart to the Lord. Yes, you have. Huh? And grace makes a way. Grace actually makes you a way to walk in, in the revelation of a daily repentance as you see these things that are coming your way, as you see the pressures upline, bottom line, sideways that come your way. Say, repent of that, Lord, I trust in your strength. Not in any religious way, not in any, um, what's the other way, legalistic way or anything like that. Not making another law out there, but the freedom to move with your Father. He gives a freedom that I don't think we fully understand. You know, we, we preach about it, we talk about it, we sometimes think we're walking in it. And you know how re- religious we can get sometimes? Oh yeah, I'm in grace, I'm okay, I've got it all together. Have you? Have you? Or is that a religious re- trying to impress your friends and everybody around you? Where's the humility in this whole thing? Where's the humility, the freedom He gives us to be humble? I believe it's one of the, the weapons in our, in our armory to fight the devil because if you're a humble person, he can't do anything to you. Say, I'm going to kill you. Say, so I'm dead already. Come on, I'm dead already. I died with him on the cross. You can't, you, you can't threaten me with death. You can't threaten me with heaven. Huh? Come on. You're with me there. Only Tron could call him daddy. Romans 8.15 out the Passion Translation I always like looking at new translations where they come. And this guy, he, he really puts out, and he's putting it into real, up-to-date, daily words. And he says yeah, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. It's not a spirit of religious duty. Okay? Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Now, let me stop there. Because I know, I know that by the Spirit, I know that by what I see in people, there's many of you sitting here right now say, I'm not good enough. Come on. Don't look, be so religious with me. You're sitting there saying, I can never be good enough. Oh, I don't know if my name's up in heaven. I don't know if the Lord knows me up there. Huh? How many times don't we do that? Some of you are sitting there and you've done it yourself so many times. Oh, you know, nobody loves me. Me go and eat worms in the back garden. You know? Come on. Nobody loves you. What a lie from the pits of hell. Hey? When we look at the cross, when we look at what the Father has done for us. And I like the way that scripture let it out. Fear of never being good enough. He takes away all the shame. And there's some of you sitting here with shame of the things that happened in the past. You know that the Father doesn't even think of those things? And you saw it in the story. When the, when the, when he identified the son, what did he do? He picked up his loincloth, <laughs> I think bound it around, and he ran to his son, which was unheard of in that culture. You don't do that sort of thing. It's, it's like me coming to church in shorts. You don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> 
But you hear where I'm going? We need to watch how we walk, how we, how this relationship works out and how it should work out. Anyway. But you have received, I love this, you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Come on. Full acceptance. You're accepted just as you are. What's and all? Eh? What's and all? He accepts you like that. Why is it so quiet here all of a sudden? Is this new to you? Paying attention. Thank you so much. A couple of hallelujahs and praise God because I think that's cool. Eh? Spirit of full acceptance. I've never seen that before as a spirit, but He accepts you as you are. He made you. He knows about you. He knows your address, as I said earlier on. He wants to pour out His love upon you and He wants to do great, wonderful things. And I'm not looking at the clock. Steve's not here, so please don't tell him. <laughs> oh, you can probably hear the. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yes. Steve, sorry, man. We're going to turn everything over. <laughs> it says here, enfolding you into the fam- family of God. What a word. Enfolding you, grabbing hold of you, wrapping you in a bl- like wrapping you in a blanket, and that's how it is with you right now. And the word to you now is to get out of that mold. I'm not accepted. I'm not this. I'm not that, and everything. And you know your past, upline, your father. I could keep you here all day about my father. You know what I found out? I had an attitude with my father. My father never had me. He was an alcoholic. But he was an amazing man. He was a naturalist. He took us out into the bush. He showed us uh, the education that I have had in the bush. I don't think anybody else here has got it. Uh, has had similar. Because we used to collect plants and birds and birding and everything. And it's never ever left me. It's not a negative thing. But you know, when I went into full-time ministry, I thought, no way. I've got to put this aside. I've got to put that aside and everything. And I know the Lord was testing me. You know, it's all for him. It's not. But you know what I did? I killed the creativity that he put into my heart. And when I started picking it up again, I started touching people's lives that I've never touched before. Because, And the same with you right now. You have a creativity in your heart that the, the Holy Spirit has put there. You will reach people I will never reach or never touch or never ever see. But you have it. And use what God has given you to touch people. We even went to a a cheese and wine party the other day. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, I didn't expect that. I got a fright. Yes, Lord, we're listening. (laughs) But but you hear what I'm saying? And there I met a person. Now listen to this. We we get all religious sometimes about these things. It's right, read two, three days ago. And I sat next to the lady who worked here for 15 years with Greg. And a husband who's a doctor, they know you. They speak very highly of you. You too. I'm just looking at her, but you too. <laughs> and I just sat there amazed as we had fellowship. And by the way, just so the guys from Hillcrest know, on Wednesday we're starting a prayer meeting up at Ledermain. The prayer meeting itself starts 6.15 sharp up in the little movie house up there. And you're, if you're up from Hillcrest, you're welcome. If you're not from Hillcrest, you're welcome. But just let me know that you're coming so I can get you through security by Tuesday night. Okay, a little advert. Let's move on. 
And you will never be feel orphaned, for he rises up within us. Our spirits join with him, saying the words of tender affection. Beloved father, that's how he trans, trans, uh, translates daddy uh, or puppy or baba, whatever. Okay. Abba can be translation to daddy or papa. Right, let's move on. I think we'll end off with, with this, otherwise I'll keep you here all day and then I will get wrapped over. Somebody excited there. The greatest gift of grace given through prayer is divine intimacy. I brought this out last week at Monday as well. The ability, the ability to hear Father's heartbeat. And you know, it's that position, like I said earlier on, I just felt the prophetic word that came out this morning, I actually wrote it down as well. It's in that position of quietness that you hear that. That word that God gives you will break down any wall. That word that he gives you is your word. It'll, it, 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 it's a word you need to walk in. Though. It's a word that you need to make part of you. It's like my, my calling and the scriptures that I have and what God has said. I hold those very dear because those are the ones that have taken me through tough times. There's been parts in, in the last years that I said, well, Lord, where is this all going to happen that you prophesied? Well, here now, what are we, 73 or 793 this year, or what are we? 72, okay. I knew it was something like that. So here we come at this stage in life, and the Lord says, go for it. So what you do, you go for it. You know, even if you go with a walking stick or whatever, you go for it. We don't hold back. We've got to move into what God has for us. The ability to hear what the Father has for you in prayer far exceeds anything you could beg for or demand. Far exceeds anything you beg for or demand. And you know, when you have a relationship with your father, you don't have to beg. Eh? You don't have to demand. And I, I've said it before from you. You don't go with a shop, your pick and pay shopping list to the Lord. He's not interested in that. He's interested in you. He's interested in your heart. Does he have your heart? This morning, does daddy have your heart? Hey? Where are you this morning? And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 Uh, can I give you one more quickly? Okay. Jesus declared the Father's name. And this is what he came for. And I just perhaps just say one thing here. I have, ma I have made known to them your name. I will continue to make it known that the love which, which you, you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Isn't that a lovely statement? Huh? So, and, and, and we, we read too, you know, I and the Father, the Father in me, and, you know, and, and back and forth. Then he says, I am in your heart. So all that you need is in your spirit. You need to energize your spirit now. You need to take these principles, the word, and all that God's saying, and you need to get your spirit in. You need to take what's in here, all the cares and the worries and everything. Put them aside and go to him. Quietness. You know, when we talk about a quiet time, I think that's very apt. Uh, sometimes we get religious about it. But you can find your quiet time anywhere. 
And you need to train yourself to do that if you're not doing it right now. And I'm not putting a heavy on you. If you're serious about this relationship, you will find the time. If you believe that the Lord has this morning put a prophetic word in our hearts and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No ways do you come to the Father except through me. And, and the word tells us in John, uh, read John again. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what, now I only say what I see the Father doing. So he only did what Father did. Are you only doing what Father has told you to do? And you see, this mustn't be a heavy. We have the grace message. He gives us the freedom to lay these things and to sit there and in a right place and a right attitude to receive what he has for you. Amen.